0: God called you here for a purpose, for a reason, to be part of this community, this amazing family. And each and every one of you belong here. You have a place here. This community, this family, isn't the same without each one of you around. And this community loses something without you here. And for me, uh, my time in this community and for my families is shortly coming to an end. And I am... So grateful to have had nearly seven years here as part of this amazing community and family i 'm um, so grateful and so um, so humbled and so privileged and honored to have been able to be in the role of community pastor and just be part of some of what God is doing in this community and i 'm so grateful. To each and every one of you personally and also in the work that we've been seeking to do in this community for all of your support, for just getting alongside us, for catching the vision. Look at all the bags over there, the bags of blessings that you brought this week and it really has been a partnership, it really has been and will continue to be a community working together. So, thank you. Um, but for all of us, there comes a time in our lives where God moves us on, He calls us on into a new season, and that's what's happening for me and my family. But for you, right now, for such a time as this, You are called to be part of this community and this family. So together, as Ron mentioned earlier this morning, we're looking at our value community. And I'm so excited that I get to preach on community. Um, We're looking at this key value and what it means for us to live as community. So
1: let's just have our first reading. Okay, this morning's reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 and in the church bible it's on page 1094. The fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved.
0: What flows out of this gathered community that we've just heard about in the early church is quite amazing, isn't it? And when followers and believers of Jesus gather and commune together, what happens is undeniable. What happens is unstoppable. And what happens is life-changing. I love how the next thing that, that occurs right after this passage about what the early church looks like, what the community of Christians looks like, is a miracle. And for me, that's really significant because I believe that if we're a God filled, God focused community, then we are a community that performs miracles and healings and a community that sees signs and wonders. And the two go hand in hand. Community and miracles go hand in hand. There's a correlation between the two. And I think the fact that we we hear about this community and the first thing that happens after that is that we see a miracle. So I think we have to take notice of that and look at that. So let me tell you a story of one of the first miracles that was birthed out of this early Christian community that we just heard about. So Peter and John, they were two of Jesus' disciples, and they were on their way to the temple to pray. And at the temple gates, they see this lame man, and this man has been lame for 40 years. And he's carried to the temple gates every day. He's carried by other people so that he can beg for money. And so he saw Peter and John approach the temple gates, and he asked them for money. And Peter and John looked at this man, and they said, look, at us. Look at us. And this lame man gave them his attention. And then Peter goes on to say, silver or gold, I do not have. But in the name of Jesus, walk. And he reached out and he took the lame man's hand and he pulled him to his feet. And his ankles and his feet began to work. They began to gain strength. And the lame man, he jumped and he praised God and he ran into the temple. And those in the temple recognised him to be this lame man that they'd seen probably many times at the temple gates. And they were in awe and wonder of what they had just witnessed. So firstly, church, this morning, let's be a community that bears witness to the healing work of Jesus Acts 4, so just a bit later on in Acts, in Acts 4 verse 30, it says, stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And if you're here this morning, if you're a believer, if you've already committed your life to Christ, then you are marked by the work of his healing. You bear something of his very personhood. Therefore, you bear witness to the name and to the work of Christ. That's why we're called Christians. We take on the name of Jesus when we choose to follow him. And he calls, he calls us to be healed in his likeness. He calls us to be transformed in his name. That is the power of God in each and every one of us. But not only that, he also calls us to then go out as we bear witness to his name, to go out and to heal others in his name. You know, we're different to any other community as a Christian community because we're called to be constantly moving, to be changing, to continue to be transformed in the likeness of Jesus, to be striving to become more like him so that we can boldly proclaim and live out his message. And this this is what makes us authentic and distinctive as a community, because we don't exist to just serve the needs of ourselves, but we exist to serve the needs of the world around us and to bring the hope of Jesus into their lives. Peter and John were just ordinary guys going about their day-to-day lives on the way to the temple to pray. And I love the fact that they said to the lame man, look, At us and to me that speaks of a great sense of assurance a great sense of confidence in who their God is and they say silver or gold we do not have material possessions we cannot give you but we give you Jesus they were sure of their identity in Christ and they were clear on their purpose and they also operated out of the strength of that community that we just heard about, the strength of that community, the fellowship of the believers, they operated out of that place because that's what fueled their faith. And it says in the passage, in the name of Jesus Christ, they knew where their authority and their power came from. Look at us. They knew who they were bearing witness to. They knew that they were marked by the work of Christ, that they were marked By his healing, but they were also called to go out and to heal others in his name. What do people see when they look at us? Do they see the healing work? Do they see the healing power of Jesus reflected back at them? Are they compelled when they witness this community to become part of who we are? And I think that we are an amazing church, a loving and welcoming people. So often people come through these doors and we get feedback saying, we just feel so loved, we feel so welcome, we feel so at home. And that's you, that's each and every one of us bearing witness to the person of Jesus, bearing witness to his very name and through, through us he is showing his love to those around us. So keep on being that church, people. It, it makes us who we are. It's part of what makes us distinctive because people are attracted, they're compelled by what they see. Secondly, let's be a church that's prepared to be bold. When we spend time with Jesus, when we're filled by his spirit, we cannot help but get caught up in his ways and that's what happened with Peter and John they got caught up in the ways of Jesus and their response to that lame man was instinctive it was natural they didn't hesitate they didn't hold back they said come on be healed in the name of Jesus that was their initial response it was almost as if well we'll, yeah of course that's what we do isn't it what what else would would we do but ask for healing for this man that we see I believe that the goal for us as followers, as followers of Christ is to become more like Jesus. And the overflow, the outcome of that, if you like, is boldness. We're just going to have our second reading from Ian.
2: This reading is from Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 17, in the Church Bible, page 1095. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we, are going, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is... The stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in his name.
0: Thanks, Ian. Through the fellowship with other believers, through the sharing of bread, through the prayer, through the just doing life together and meeting the needs of the community around them, Peter and John's faith is stirred, it's fuelled, by that community that they find themselves in. And as a result, they are stirred into action and they see God add to their number daily. Imagine if every one of us built up by this body of Christ, fueled by the community that we find ourselves in, went out boldly and shared the word of Jesus, the person of Jesus with just one person. Imagine if. That's just what's possible, friends. That's what's possible. That's what God is capable of doing in and through us when we allow ourselves to be used by him. So following this miracle, we hear in this passage that Peter and John were arrested and locked away for the night in prison. And the following day, they were questioned by the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, that we just heard about in this passage. But Peter, filled by the Spirit, in in, in a move as bold as you could possibly get, he stood up to them and he said, if we are being called to account for the act of kindness to a lame man, then know this. It is by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So many people had seen this miracle. So many had witnessed it. The religious leaders couldn't do anything about it. They saw the courage of Peter and John, these ordinary guys. They couldn't deny that God was adding to their number daily. They didn't want to risk a public riot on their hands. So they had no choice but to release them and to let them go. But these religious leaders, know they were not going to let this go. They were trying to shut them down and shut them up. They wanted to stop this thing from spreading. But this initial bold move from Peter and John made them even bolder. The religious leaders were not going to stop them from spreading the good news of Jesus. And this passage ends with them praying, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. As if they hadn't already been bold enough. They were praying for more. Like you and me, Peter and John are just ordinary guys. They were uneducated. There wasn't anything particularly special about them. But they just took one bold step and then another. And that's a little bit like us, isn't it? And I think that's what God is wanting to speak to us about this morning because the Bible says the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and God doesn't necessarily reveal the whole staircase in front of us but what he asks us to do is be obedient in just making that one step and when we do that amongst the fellowship of believers and we seek and answer prayers we say hey I can do this God's not going to leave me hung out to dry when I step out in faith and I take another step and another step and another step and I get bolder and I'm excited by the work of God that I'm witnessing I'm excited by what I'm seeing God do in the community Community that I find themselves in. And before I know it, I've climbed a whole staircase. Friends, are we living in such a way that nothing stops us from telling others about Jesus? Because we are so filled by the Spirit of God, even our fear, our limitations, our inadequacies, even those things don't hold us back because we're so confident in the knowledge of where our strength comes from. Many of you know that we've got a food bank here called Restore. And we started Restore uh, in 2011, so it's been running for just over five years now. Um, and in those early days, um, we're probably a little bit bold. Claire, where are you? You were with us at the start. Lots of you were. Maybe a little bit bold. Um, but we just wanted to go carefully. We wanted to make sure that people didn't think that we had an agenda. And as the, years, as the months and the years have gone by, as we've taken those little steps... I believe we've got bolder. And as we've done that together in community, we have fuelled one another's faith. And there's many people that I could talk about this morning who, hang on a minute. Water. Um, There's many people I could talk about this morning that have inspired me. Many people who have been bold. But I'm going to talk about Ian because he did our reading this morning. I have got his permission, so he doesn't mind me saying this. And Ian and his amazing wife, Pauline, have been two people that have impacted me greatly. And what's amazing about Ian's story is that when he came to this church with Pauline two and a half years ago, he he would say himself that he he drifted from God. He was a believer growing up, but he drifted from God. And as as he became part of this family... And became part of this community. He was so impacted by the love and the welcome that he had here. That he saw that God was real. He was captivated by what he was seeing. And he began to serve on the Restore team. And just a couple of weeks ago, myself, Pauline and Ian went into the home of a lady that we were taking a food parcel to. A lady really in need. And... The Spirit of God just led us and we stepped out in boldness. We just took that one step and we said, can we pray for you? And as we did that, the tears were just flowing. The Holy Spirit was there and Ian was just just amazing with this woman, just talking to her, hugging her. And I've just seen that boldness in the life of Ian. And that is testament to the work of God in him. But it's also testament to the community of believers that he's found himself in because that has helped stir and ignite his faith. So finally, let's be a community that is willing to get our hands dirty. One of the things that strikes me over and over again when I read the Bible and when I hear about the teachings and the ministry of Jesus is the way in which he reached out to the least, to the outcasts, to the prostitutes, to the lepers, to the demon-possessed, to those that were cast aside, to those that nobody else wanted to touch. Just like this lame man that we've heard about. And for me personally, this presents a great challenge because it's easy to love those that are lovable, isn't it? It's easy to love those that are our friends, that are like us, that, that don't present a challenge to us, perhaps, to those that, that don't shake our world, those that are comfortable to love. But you see, God doesn't call us to gather and commune here every Sunday for a cosy club, drinking nice coffee, singing some nice songs, having a good jolly old time together, and we go back to our normal lives. There's so much more that God expects of us. There's so much more that he wants to partner with us in. I love the fact that Peter and John had no hesitation in reaching out to this layman. They didn't just say, hey, you know what, we're in a bit of a hurry today. Um, we need to get to some temple to pray. Someone else can deal with that man. Or even, actually, we've seen that guy so many times. What's so different about today? If he was going to be healed, he would have been healed already. What's holding us back? Maybe we're serving God. Maybe we're just dipping our toe in. Maybe we haven't fully committed ourselves to this community or to Jesus even. What limitations, what boundaries are we putting on ourselves? Let's be a community that's prepared to get our hands dirty, to get stuck in, to keep loving without measure, to do the unexpected, to tear down barriers, strongholds, limitations, and to operate under the power of the Holy Spirit, bearing witness to the name of Jesus, boldly proclaiming, boldly living. Like Peter and John, let's not be afraid to stand up for injustice. Let's not be afraid to stand up for those that have no no voice. Let's not be afraid to stand up for the poor and needy. Let's not be afraid to speak up for the name of Jesus to be prepared to put ourselves on the line for the sake of Christ. Hopefully, we won't end up in prison, but it will mean that we'll need to take risks. If we are to play our part in radically transforming lives in the love and power of Jesus, then we need to get our hands dirty, we need to get it stuck in. And we are a church that already, already does that, but there's more for us to do, there's more that God's leading us into, do, into. What is your bold prayer this morning? What is your bold response? And God's been really challenging me about this recently, about praying bold prayers. And, and often, sometimes I find myself that I, when I pray these prayers, I kind of put a bit of a caveat in. I say, well, God, I'm kind of asking you for this, but you know, it probably won't happen. Or if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, and perhaps we limit, limit God with our prayers You might not feel bold right now. I don't feel bold right now. But that's okay, because it's the work of the Spirit in us that makes us bold. The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet as we just take that one step. He guides the way. He lights our path. He gives us all that we need. What I love about bold prayers is that bold prayers aren't me-centred. They're not self-centred. Bold prayers are centred on others because bold prayers are all about the benefit of somebody else and for the purpose of that person knowing something of the Christ that we serve. Maybe your bold prayer this morning is, "God." Help me to be bold and invite my neighbour to coffee. God, help me to be bold and stand up to that office gossip. God, help me to be bold and not be afraid to tell other people that I'm a Christian. Maybe this morning you're feeling that, you know, that tug that you feel in your heart when you know that God's speaking to you. Maybe you're feeling that nudge and you know that you need to take that first step of boldness. You need to step up to the plate that you know that God is calling you to something more And I want us to be bold together in our response. And if you're sensing that this morning with the worship band just come up, the worship band are going to start and coming to play a worship song for us. If you're sensing that that tug and that pull in your heart this morning, I would love you to be bold, to be brave, and to stand with me. If you want to dedicate your life afresh and say, God, yes, I want to step up to the plate. I want to be bold for you. I want to make your name known. I want to tell others about you. I want to commit to this amazing community that I find myself in. I find myself in. I want to give my all. If that's what you're feeling this morning, would you stand with me? As we all just close our eyes, if you want to step out this morning, make that first bold step and say, God, yes, I want to be bold for you. Would you stand right now as I pray? Spirit of God full afresh in this place this morning, Father. Lord, it's all for you, it's all for the sake of Christ. And we are humbled that you would choose us. That you would choose us and use us to partner in your work in this community, in this world. Lord, whatever that bold step is for us this morning that one first step would you light our path would you give us all that we need in you and lord we want to be a community that is bolder that is stronger for the sake of your work in this place somebody, lord jesus strengthen our hearts our minds and our bodies for all that you're calling us to do for all that you're calling us to be